Hi, if we haven't met, I'm Joe Birch and I go to Mosaic South and I serve on the leadership core team there. And if you've seen me in previous videos, you're thinking, that isn't his house. I'm on holiday in a lovely cottage in Yarm in Teesside, just to put you out of your misery. Now, if I said the word freedom, what instantly comes into your head? Is it about release from self-isolation? It feels like we've all done some time in COVID jail over the past 18 months. Is it a day when you have no appointments, no tasks that have been set for you and you decide exactly what you want to do? Or are you like me and you get an image of Mel Gibson with half a blue face, wearing a kilt, putting on a Scottish accent as William Wallace, the Scottish rebel from Braveheart? In the passage that we're going to look at today, we're going to look at someone else's mail, which I think is technically illegal. So there's question marks already, uh, but we're just going to kind of brush over that. We're looking at a letter from Paul the Apostle to a church in the first century region of Galatia. And in this letter, Paul uses his connection with the Galatian church to speak into their lives, to guide them towards freedom and maturity in Jesus. And as we look at the issues surrounding this church 2000 years ago, we need to take the opportunity to turn the camera lens back on ourselves and consider what are the things that are preventing me from living in freedom? What is enslaving me and stopping me from growing in maturity in Jesus? What is getting in the way of my connection to my Heavenly Father? So let's set the scene. What Paul is calling Galatia is now modern day Turkey. And it means that the church is predominantly made up of people who are not Jewish. They were known as Gentiles, pretty much everyone who's not Jewish. Paul planted this church on one of his missionary journeys. And like any church that Paul is involved in, he has a strong emotional and spiritual bond with these people. He is their gospel mentor, as it were. And he's got a deep desire that they grow and flourish in their connection to God through the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So what's the problem? Paul doesn't seem to write postcards for fun, kind of wish you were here messages from his jolly holidays. And if he did, they didn't make it into the Bible. Paul writes letters because there is an issue, and Galatians is no exception. It seems that a group of Jewish Christians are leading the Gentile Christians astray from the teachings that Paul gave them. The Jewish Christians are telling the Gentile Christians that they must follow Jewish rituals and customs to truly be followers of Jesus as he was Jewish. Paul is very unhappy about this and pretty much spends the vast majority of the letter addressing this issue. So let's jump into the passage. We're kind of going to go backwards with this. It's a bit like an arty movie, but just hang with me. It makes sense to me at least. So. In verses 12 to 20, Paul shows his desire to reconnect with this church and his love for them. I've been a secondary school teacher for 12 years now, 12 long, lovely years. And I've sat through a lot of training sessions on how to be a better teacher. Not sure I've accomplished it, but there you go. Sessions on seating plans, differentiated tasks, learning styles, inquiry-based learning, different zones in a lesson etc etc but i was chatting with one of my teacher pals at school and we decided as we were putting the world to rights over a coffee that the most effective strategy for enhanced learning in any setting is strong positive relationships 
connections between people where there is trust, respect and a common goal. That is an environment where true, meaningful learning can happen. And Paul shows this connection to the Galatian church in verses 12 to 20. This church isn't just another tick on the checklist for Paul. It isn't just another stepping stone on his way to legendary missionary status. He has a deep connection with them and he reminds them of when they first met. Paul tells the church how generous they were to him. He says in verse 14, You welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. He goes on, doesn't he, in verse 15. I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Sounds a bit intense, this, doesn't it? Quite gory image of someone gouging out their own eyes. Struggling with cataracts. Here, have mine. But it's a regular saying of the time that means you would have done anything for me. Paul is laying this on pretty thick. He is pulling at the heartstrings here. Why? because the relationship had broken down. The Jewish Christians who are forcing their ritualistic agenda have turned the Galatian church against Paul. They've questioned his authority, questioned his motives, and tried to rip apart his theological teaching. By doing this, Paul has become ostracized from the church that he helped found. But the beautiful thing is that Paul doesn't just write them off. He doesn't just say, they've turned away from me, so I'm just gonna leave them to it. No. He fights for them. His connection is too great. His responsibility as a missionary leader to care for those he has led to Christ is too deep in him. He shows the depth of his connection in verses 19 and 20. He says, my dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. How I wish I could be with you now and change my tone because I'm perplexed about you. Paul is on slightly shaky ground here as a man talking about the pain of childbirth. But Paul uses the analogy because he is frustrated about the situation. Paul is desperate to be with these people to reconnect and guide them gently on the right path because he loves them. So what is the application here for us? The gospel of Jesus Christ is spread throughout the world by relationships. As we follow the command of Jesus to spread news of his life, death and resurrection it means that we that means that we can be reconnected to our heavenly father we need to know that it's through strong relationships that the gospel is spread and focus on jesus is maintained following jesus is not an individual sport it is a team game last year pre-covid i was involved in alpha in person in beeston it feels like a lifetime ago and then during the first lockdown i was involved in alpha online using zoom and I had a great time meeting with people and helping them learn about Jesus so that they can make up their own minds about him. Out of those two courses, there are two particular people that I linked with. And I've tried to maintain a connection with them. But sometimes it isn't easy. Sometimes life gets in the way. Sometimes the path of least resistance is to let these relationships fade away. But reading Paul's letter and seeing how he cares for those that he helps along the way of knowing Jesus has challenged me to continue to connect, to continue to pray, to continue to care for those I have encountered and supported in their journey of finding and following Jesus.
So the challenge here is stay connected. Then in verses 8 to, uh, 8 to 11, I told you we were going backwards, Paul addresses the issues that have inspired him to write to the Galatians. Verse 8 says, Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature were not gods. Paul is talking here about the pagan past of the Galatians. He met them before they knew God, when they worshipped idols and filled their lives with empty rituals to fictitious gods. It was Paul who preached the gospel to them and helped them, along with the Holy Spirit, on their journey to following Jesus. Verse 9 says, But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable principles? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing, Jewish, I've added that in, special days and months and seasons and years. Paul is linking their new behaviour of conforming to Jewish rituals to their previous pagan life. He's saying that by these new Jewish Christians insisting that the church observe sections of Old Testament rules, the church's behaviour is just as bad as their pagan past. It's like the Galatians think they're stepping forward into a deeper knowledge of God, but actually they're stepping backwards into ritualistic religion. Why is Paul so passionate about this? Why not just let them observe some Jewish rules? Jesus was Jewish, right? Well, Jesus was Jewish, but Paul argues that Jesus has fulfilled the law through his life, death, and resurrection. Jesus lived the perfect life during his time on earth, made the sacrifice that pays for the sins of the world in his death, then ascends to heaven to show that we too can rise from the grave and have eternal life with our heavenly father. Later on in the Galatian, uh, the letter to the Galatians, Paul says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Paul is saying that the death of Jesus means that we don't need to follow Old Testament rules. We are free from the rituals. We're free from the ceremonies. Those things were there to help people to connect to God, but we don't need them now. Jesus has made the connection we need. The Holy Spirit that he sent provides the link between heaven and earth. Now, when we turn to the application for us, I'm guessing that we don't have much of an issue with observing Old Testament rituals. I might be wrong. Perhaps there are issues with some of us insisting on kosher meals. Maybe some members of the church are struggling with their conscience when turning on light switches during the Jewish Sabbath. If so, do get in contact. I'm sure we can have a quick chat and work through those barriers. But I think the more pressing issue for us is, what are we struggling to break free from? What are the things in our lives that shackle us from the freedom that Christ has won for us? Paul says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. What behaviours should we have turned our backs on when we decided to follow Jesus, but we keep getting drawn back in? What are our idols, our false gods, little g, that draw us away from the true God, big G? Is it obsession with money as security? Is it seeking power 